0: Hey everyone, welcome to part two of our 1940s episode. Uh, If you haven't yet, be sure to check out the first part in which we talk about cat people with our good friend John from Skeleton Rose Media, and enjoy the episode.
1: And out of their West Indian Island comes a tale of terror and voodoo, of witchcraft and zombies, and all the weird black magic that the white man seldom sees. It is a tale of brother against brother, and their love for a woman who lived with the dead and it is also the tale of a young nurse who never believed such things could happen.
2: Are you trying to tell me that the voodoo priest could cure Mrs. Holland? Better doctors. Dunballa, this woman is here
1: ceremony of voodoo death a ceremony that seeks the life of the woman who lives forever who walks with the dead
0: so we're going to talk about i walked with the zombie next it was released in 1943
3: it was all the same di- information the last one
0: <laughs> it was directed by jacques T- torn same dude as before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it
3: produced was the, by same dude as before.
0: Yeah, it was the second horror movie from RKO Pictures that was produced by Val Lewton. Um, it stars Francis D. as Betsy Connell, Tom Conway as Paul Holland, who I was really fucking disappointed because I thought his name was Paul Allen, and I was just thinking of fucking American Psycho the entire I even texted exactly. Erica. I was like, the dude's name's Paul Allen, and then I looked it up. I was like, fuck. Um, James Allison is uh, Wesley Rand. <laughs> Edith Barrett as Mrs. Rand, and Teresa Harris as Alma. The movie You follows... didn't mention
3: the wife at all. Jennifer, right? Is that her name? She wasn't
0: one of the top-billed cast, Seriously. That's
3: because she had no fucking was lines. Was it
0: Jennifer or Jessica? Jessica. Fact-checking for a friend.
3: Jessica. It's definitely Jessica. Asking the Oracle. <laughs> this movie was cool as fuck.
2: I like this movie a
1: lot, actually. I'm gonna
3: wait because I, I don't want to...
1: Yeah, I... I, I liked Cat People, uh, you know, a lot, obviously. You know, I liked it a lot. But, like, this one, I This I was really my loved. favorite. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Jessica. Okay, it is Jessica. Um, the movie follows Betsy Connell, who is a doctor. Who, or a ner- nurse. A nurse who goes to an island of St. Francis. Was it St. Francis?
1: Uh,
0: Why the fuck did I... <laughs> Saint Sebastian. Saint Seba- Yeah, she goes to the island of Saint Sebastian uh, to look over. Take care of. Or, yeah, take care of Jessica, who is in like a. I guess she's a vegetable.
3: She's not a vegetable. She can she can um listen to simple commands and she can walk when assisted, but she's like there's no there's no one home. Put it yeah. that way.
0: Um. Upon arriving to the island, she learns that Paul, who is Jessica's husband knew of an affair that she was having with his stepbrother, Wesley. Um, Betsy falls in love with Paul and feels that the right thing to do would be to cure Jessica. So she turns to the help of the Islanders who practice voodoo in hopes that they can help cure Jessica.
3: Didn't Wesley end up killing Jessica?
1: Yes. Yep. You are correct.
3: Isn't it weird that Wesley was having an affair with her, but, like, the whole time, she was like, why do you want to cure her? Like, if you're in love with Paul, why do you want to cure her? And she's like, it's the right thing to do. I'm a good person. And he's like, why would you do that? It's like, wouldn't you be, like, happy because you were, like,
0: fucking her? I think he was kind of ashamed that, He probably had
1: a new bitch. I think he was an alcoholic, and I think he was angry and mad and frustrated and lashing out, like, a lot of...
3: I like that Dude. she called him yeah. out, too. Well, he was, was like, hey, Wesley's an alcoholic. He might not be an alcoholic now, but he's going down that road.
0: He was definitely ashamed, <laughs> right. too, and you could tell because, like, uh, when the the guy at the cafe, who was Sir Lancelot, he uh, he sings the song about how Wesley was having an affair. He gets, like, very angry, and he's like, why would you say this, like, like he was ashamed of what was going on and he knew that everybody else knew
1: why well, is that guy singing a song about <laughs> I don't <laughs> That's know so weird I don't it's know. clearly about him too yeah it's like clearly like about
3: him he's at him the whole time he's singing he's like
1: name dropping and shit and then he comes and he's like I yeah. would have never sang that song if I knew you brought a woman here <laughs> It's like, if I knew you'd have brought a woman here, you know, I would have never sang. It's like, yeah, but it's still about me, asshole. I yeah. know my dirty laundry. The like, only thing he
3: could have done worse than that would be, like, to announce it and be like, this one's for you, Wesley. <laughs> like, right. That's the only this
2: thing This one goes out to my, to my boy, Wesley.
1: Or, like, literally walk up and, like, wait on him and be like, oh, Wesley, nice to see you here with another woman since <laughs> the incident. <laughs> you know, piece of shit.
3: You know, when you slept with your brother's wife. <laughs> look, look directly in the eyes of 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 the girl. that guy
2: was the ben of this movie yeah <laughs> it, it would
1: have been it would have been even it would have been even better if his lyrics like weren't even really in the context of the song if he was just kind of like adding them in as he was going <laughs> yeah. so it's he like he, he doesn't even really the match the song, song and
3: then just like randomly
2: started saying this
1: <laughs> right right definitely
2: like 182 one where they end at the end and they're like i fucked your mom yeah <laughs> like that
1: right yeah, yeah just like
2: that
3: Wesley, yeah. fucked yep. your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Why did he know about it? Up. Everybody knew. Why did everybody, like, they were just like, okay, whatever, like, Wesley, you can fuck whoever's wife you want, you're cool, because you're an alcoholic. He got done
2: and just, like, opened up the door and was like, I fucked his wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> they need to yeah. remake this as a musical, damn it. <laughs>
3: Or, like, a James Franco
2: right. film. I feel like that's how it would go. Oh, God. Right. James right. Franco <laughs> musical. This, this big Hollywood film. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get a Kickstarter going on this.
3: Come on, James Franco, don't let us down.
0: But, all right, so, th- diving into the movie, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the whole um, the backdrop for the movie because I feel like it's such an interesting concept that they gave the island its own story. How yeah. it was a slave ship that had crashed and these people just inhabited the island. And I thought that that was really cool. Like, it was a cool way to set up the story, and it was something that was completely unnecessary. St.
3: Sebastian also shows up in Kerry
0: Yes, the actual... Yes, but not the island. No,
3: no I'm saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but there, there was a statue of St. Sebastian yeah. in, in front of the yep. house. Yeah, but... um, yep. Remember, it, he took the spear out and then killed Jessica out in the bushes.
0: Yeah, it was interesting, but it wasn't necessary. But I love that they did it because it... Added so much to the story. It does,
1: yeah. Um, it
3: makes it make sense why there's voodoo people.
1: Yeah. The voodoo people. Well, that's it... probably probably about the best way for the for slaves to be emancipated too. It's like yeah. not having to deal with any governmental reparations to, like bullshit. Yeah, it just kind to of happened up on anyway. Like, you know, the government's not going to forget about the reparations. Where is voodoo or anything from? from?
3: Like, where? What area of the world is voodoo from? Like, I just want to make sure this all makes sense. I awesome. think that voodoo
2: originated in the Bahamas, didn't it? I, I think guess, so.
3: I don't know if that would make sense. Or, like, Jamaica. Does that make sense? Okay. Hold on. I'll Google.
2: But it it,
0: it was an interesting um, backdrop for the story. I practiced voodoo I,
3: on the rig. Upon,
0: really. like, like, looking into this movie a little bit, I did see a lot of um, people talking about the movie and kind of praising it because the the director and the everybody involved with the movie they treated these black actors and actresses with such respect which was not
3: well they should
2: uh, yeah absolutely but i mean for the time
0: it yeah, wasn't it I wasn't a normal saying.
2: thing you know it it's actually voodoo originated in the west Indi- indies country i can't read and talk and hear myself so it says voodoo originated in the West Indies countries of Haiti during the French colonial period oh yeah,
3: yeah, yeah okay that makes
2: sense so yeah it, it originated uh, like Haiti Dominican Republic and like spread
1: but yeah well and they and not only that like like continuing on uh, Dylan's theme of treating like the black actors and actresses with such respect they actually did a uh, considerable amount of research into actual voodoo practices or at least mm-hmm. a, a or at least enough of it, anyway, because the the creepy black guy that you guys have mentioned before, like they call him the Carrefour. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about voodoo, ad- admittedly. Okay, but I do know, you know, when you write enough horror, you come upon enough religions' version of their devil, you know, whatever it's supposed to be. And so um, the Carrefour, uh the reason he's standing at their crossroad in the in the in the sugarcane field or whatever is because care Carrefour, and I can't remember the exact the, the Carrefour is. It's it's a shorter version of what it's actually called. I you know I'm kind of blanking on the name, it but it, the but guy, it basically, like
2: the... oh my
1: god! But he's a, he's a crossroads watcher, and so like when you show up at the crossroads, he can basically allow whatever he wants in and whatever he wants out. So like he can allow it's malicious like things out. Right, exactly. And so when when she gives him the uh, I can't remember the uh, the gal that gives him the, the the patches or whatever, but she's like she's like he, uh, yeah there, there you go Alma she gives him the patches and I can't remember the exact line but she says like uh, he, he looks real scary but he won't bother you none if you see patches you, yeah whatever. as long
3: as you have as long as you have the vo- voodoo patches on
1: mm-hmm.
3: and, the, right, and the, she lost hers didn't she
1: yep she did. but like
3: um, Jessica still had hers and he still let them pass.
0: I, right. I don't. I don't want to jump ahead too much to that part. I want to like okay, go in process because Wait.
1: that. I feel like the there's so much. The there's movie. so much to talk
0: about with the movie yet. Um,
1: right. Sure.
0: Now, sure. starting off, um, what, what we had talked about earlier, uh, like I had said, we watched this movie before we watched Cat People, and um, talking about Cat People, we had talked about the use of shadows, and this movie used it quite a bit, but it used it in a different way where they kind of just used it as a filming technique in this where in Cat People they used it in order to keep you guessing. They used it as like a Mm -hmm. to help with the plot like a dynamic. Well here in in this this movie
3: though I do feel that it did create fear because there's that there's the the big the the first time I noticed the shadows is when it's Betsy's first night.
0: Well that's what I was getting um, to. Yeah, Her first
3: nice night and um, Jessica wanders at night and I think that has to do with the voodoo people they like they called her and she she tries to get to them, so she finds her in the tower of a lighthouse, you said?
0: I, I don't know think it was a lighthouse, okay, but it like a tower or something like that. It's like yeah. a
3: stone tower, and there's like these intense, intense contrast lighting scenes uh, where she follows her in, and she gets very very scared. Um, that,
1: that scene where she's walking towards or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and there's like some shadows under her eyes or whatever. There's such mm-hmm. heavy contrast, the shadows even under her eyes. I was like, that's creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it's but that's, that, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, like like what...
2: Dylan was saying, though, like, the it, it's two different... It's essentially the same technique, but they used it two totally different This ways.
3: one, it was to create fear. The last one was to create mystery. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And, and it was right. like... I got it exactly! I was right! It's also, like <laughs> another good
2: way to put it would be, like, it, one was used to tell the story, and the other is to assist visually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... Right. And there's one thing I
0: I I normally don't normally uh, when we just throw the like the facts out there the stars the directors and everything I normally don't list or say the cinematographer but I wrote down um, J Roy Hunt was the cinematographer for this and I felt like it was really important to bring him up because
2: the, was it was amazing it's amazing yeah. it really is yeah.
0: um another thing that I noticed at that part for the first time and it's throughout the entire movie but um the part in the beginning. Where it, it first introduces Jessica is the music, and it it goes on throughout the whole movie. And the music really helps to add this like dread and like.
3: Jessica is really pretty for like a girl that's not there. A zombie.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> like What's yeah, but like her hair I was, was perfect. <laughs> well, it's not, it goes back to the same thing I was talking about. It's like everybody in these movies is like gorgeous. Well, just think <laughs> you know? like
3: if you were like laying in bed all the time, your hair would not look that nice. Right. It's, like, perfect. perfect.
0: But, yeah, the music... I wish. ...really... It it really set an atmosphere and a tone for the movie, I think. Um, this was also a movie that relied heavily on, like, mystery. Because, come to find out at the end of the film... Oh, at, at the end of the film, it's fi- you find out that Wesley's mother had gone to these voodoo... The, the locals of the island, and... Wished that
3: because Jessica was a good person
0: to Jessica, she right? She didn't
3: like her, she felt that she was like, um, changing,
0: yeah. So it, it leaves you guessing on whether this was something where because they had initially said that Jessica had gotten sick, she got a fever that it like messed with her nerves or something, right? Well, well
1: yeah, yeah, they said she had some tropical fever that, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, that had, uh. Uh, gotten into like her spinal column or right, whatever, right. her nerves were fried basically. What they said.
0: Yeah, so it leaves you guessing on um, what's actually happening, but as well, also at the end of the film, Wesley, like you said, Sarah, he he picks up Jessica, he walks into the water. Well, he he kills her first.
3: He kills her and then he brings her into the water. Yeah, and I don't. I think he was initially just going to drown her and come back out, but that. Scary guy with the pop-out eyes was...
0: Careful. Standing on the beach. But he, through the entire movie, he's talking about, you know, we need to just let Jessica die, basically. And at the end of the movie, he grabs the arrow out of St. Sebastian, and he kills her with it. And at the same time that this is happening the people practicing the voodoo are doing the same thing with the little doll of Jessica that they had. To
3: try and get her to go to them. So,
0: yeah. It almost made... It made me guess, like, wonder, was he possessed... Into doing that, or was it just him acting of his own free will? No,
3: I think he was acting on his own free will because he was a selfish person. But and Jess, they were calling Jessica to that to them. Yeah, but they because whenever the gate was closed, they couldn't pull her doll any closer. It would stop them from being able to call, like get her to come to them. They weren't doing anything. They stabbed him.
1: They stabbed her doll with the, the voodoo spirit. master. The, the the voodoo master with the rope, though, once the doll won't come any closer, he does go back and talk to the voodoo priest. Mm-hmm. And it's after they, after he talks to the voodoo priest, that Wesley gets up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, n- I mean, not, I mean, not to throw a complete wrench in whatever, but I'm just saying that, like, you know, if you're talking about mysteries and whether they were possessed or not, I mean, he does go and talk to the voodoo master. And I don't, I'd have to go back and rewatch. I don't know if they pull out another doll or a second doll or anything else like that. But it isn't until after the two of them converse that Wesley actually gets up and opens the gate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, not for nothing, but. I mean, just leaving it open for interpretation, you know. Yeah, I guess that's honest. true. I you just know, think
3: Wes but, is a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, ab-
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, goes, that goes He's, that. The,
3: same, but, He's the Oliver but, uh, of this movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. well, and also, too, true. like um, what this movie does is kind of similar with what Cat People does, is where you have these these people that you would consider normal people, whatever, that are kind of the shitty people in the movie. And then you have this group of people who are practicing voodoo who,
1: you know, voodoo should is very, be, very yeah, a, taboo, a very taboo bad.
0: thing, but these were the people that were trying to help, in my opinion, were trying to help out. So it, it did kind of carry that similar theme over from Cat People.
1: Right. Well, I mean, and, 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 uh, and on top of that, the thing that's really, really cool about me, and I'm going to have a straight nerd out moment here, but <laughs> um, this – now – Bear with me till the end of this, okay? But this is basically the idea of what centers around, you know, my favorite horror movie, The Exorcist. It's the same kind of thing. It's like, is it in your head or is religious or is the belief in the unknown to be blamed for the final actions of the movie, right? Because in The Exorcist, the whole debate is whether or not Reagan is actually possessed. Right. And in this movie, it's whether or not. Uh, she's actually a zombie or whether or not she actually has the fever. Yeah,
3: is she and sick so, or is she yeah or is she right. is it the voodoo.
1: Exactly. And it isn't until this deepening sense of depression and dread completely falls over the house that all of these voodoo happenings start to really take hold of the people within it. Which is the same idea centering around the idea of demonic possession. So like the the idea that um well, and they even have that conversation with the doctor when he comes in, and, and Mrs. Rand is is talking about how she went to the voodoo priests, and um, and she, and then Jessica was dead, and then she was alive, and, and then the doctor even says like, well, it appears you're a woman of great imagination, after all, you know, and so it centers around the same kind of thing that they're that they're talking about, and and we'll even open it up even further. It doesn't have to just be The Exorcist, but every supernatural movie that deals with possession, you know, it's like, is it in the people's head or is it spirits you know
3: a, The thing that I think is funny about this movie is that that the reality of it the storyline the plot isn't really a horror movie the aspect of it that's a horror movie is the voodoo and I think it's just because of the time like that was scary
1: mm-hmm.
3: to that time period but like there's nothing really in this movie that's necessarily horror
1: no. I, like it's it's well, not it's, it's all the vibe and it's all the vibe and atmosphere of it. Yeah, you know? but
3: like the storyline at all isn't even like it's not, written it's out not like a horror no. movie, it's more like a mystery or like a drama. Mhm. And then they like but, I would
0: say the same about cat people though. Yeah, but like Yeah, no, definitely but,
3: but what I'm saying is is it's funny because the reason this is a horror movie is because of the taboo of voodoo. Mhm. And that's scary to people. Right. They weren't e- they weren't even what you should be fearful of. In mm-hmm. this movie this like it's clearly more like
0: it was mama's voice so that's what you need to be afraid, yeah,
3: of. yeah, be afraid of the people <laughs> close to you, you know it brought up that right it, it's it's kind of funny how that how that panned out because it, it really isn't uh there's there's really nothing in the storyline that would create it to be horror other than other than the being afraid of the of what voodoo is mm.
2: are, are you, you right uh, I was just gonna say like it it goes back to that time period though it's. Those earlier years, you know, like, Be the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, those were still when people were very actively going to church on Sundays, and, you know, they did Sunday school and all that. So, yeah, voodoo is something that's very, you know, taboo and, and scary, and even, you know, like, when we covered um, our, our fifth, one of our um, witches episode, like, mm-hmm. Black Friday, or Black...
3: Black Sunday. Sunday Black Sunday. I'm an
2: idiot. Um
3: we had great deals deals on Black Friday though.
2: That was very um you know, that was in the that was in the fifties. And that still was like No, it was
3: the sixties. Was it,
2: it was, I think it was 1968 mm-hmm. it came out. Why did I think it was fifty eight?
3: No, it was sixties. But 60s? even
2: then though, like still like, we were
3: blown away that it felt like very universal, but it wasn't universal. It
2: wasn't, that's right. But it's still, like, one of those things. It was it was a scary movie because it was a witch. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's it's crazy what then they considered horror and what we consider horror now. And, you know, things like voodoo and, and witchcraft and all that, like, we're just like, okay, or well, whatever. Like, I think we're just so desensitized Do to it. Do you think
3: back like, then Harry Potter would be a horror movie? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, um, yeah. This
2: nope.
0: is a movie... I. We've, we say this, we don't say this often, but this is a movie that, for me, I would love to see this remade, but right. I would, lo- they, would need oh, yeah. to, they would need to stick, if they stuck to this movie, because the whole time I was watching this movie, I thought that it felt very modern. It felt like it could have been I don't filmed- think
3: that the, that it would be a horror movie, though. I think it no. would be, like I said, like a mystery or a drama. I think yeah. it would be like an... an an eerie suspense
0: type. But I would want them to stay true to the original story because otherwise you get Nicolas Cage's Wicker Man where it's like you just completely botch the shit. Yeah. <laughs>
2: no. the I would, You know what though? If they redid it though, I would like to see it stay in black and white. That'd be interesting.
3: It'd be five if this black and white film come out. As far, I would as, love as, that, as, far as I know, I,
1: really I, do, would. I do believe there is a remake of this.
0: I thought I saw something about it, but they haven't released too much about it. I think it's in like pre-production or something. But Well,
2: it's like I keep seeing shit about the remake of Suspiria, and I'm waiting for it, and I swear to God, if they fuck that up, somebody's going to die. They're going to fuck it up, because they already said Ritual, they're dropping the
0: color that's what
1: it's called.
2: They're dropping
0: what the it color palette.
1: Ritual. Um, it, it's a Tales from the Crypt movie.
3: Yes, I, I know that and, and they have so made it, that.
1: It's got Tim Curry in it.
3: I fucking love Tim Curry.
1: It's got Jim Curry in it, and uh, it's an authorized remake by RKO. So, mm-hmm. whatever that's worth, anyway.
0: Um, I do want to bring up what you had started talking about before, John. Uh, to me, it was my favorite scene in the movie, was when they're walking through the woods and the cornfield. Because mm-hmm. it was such a creepy atmosphere at uh, that point. And I love... You could
3: tell that she didn't feel comfortable yeah. doing what she was doing, but she, like, it was... This, this this character Betsy I, I fucking love her and, and the reason being is that she's such a decent human like she's putting people this entire movie she's putting people, putting people, before, people before herself, herself. Mm-hmm. she's not selfish at all and like you can see through this whole film that she's fearful and she's scared but she wants to save Jessica because she feels like she it's feels like right she has to do, to do. Yeah. that's what she has to do she's a good person and it's the right thing to do and it's like watching somebody face their fears to help somebody else, like, that's so genuine. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, it's cheesy and it's stupid that I'm, like, making this big deal out of it. But I just, I think that's what made this this scene so special is because you could see that she's scared,
1: but she's continuing. Yeah. Well, and- it's oh, not, it's not cheesy at all. I mean, that's, that's just basic <laughs> humanity. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and, and horror lives in that. Because, like, when you have basic humanity being put in peril, is mm-hmm. is where you actually care whether or not the characters bite, mm-hmm. you know? So like, if you can create characters that people care about, then know, people are gonna
3: like the movie. They're gonna they're, they're gonna, gonna root care whether them. or
1: not the blood gets splattered on the walls, you mm-hmm.
3: know.
0: But so. everything about this scene, though, I loved. I loved the the film, the set. I don't know if they actually filmed it in a cornfield or if it was a built set. I'm I'm guess it looked like it was real, but the filming with it also. Um, you almost get this like voyeuristic feel with it because there's times where Betsy and Jessica would be walking and they would like stop for a second to see where they were going but the camera would keep moving towards them. Almost like it right. was like a first person... Like somebody was following oh, behind oh, yeah. them. And it was such an interesting thing, especially after they run into Carrefour and he's standing completely still and they keep walking and then he turns and starts following them. And it also... It almost makes you wonder, like, were you seeing through his eyes or... Was it just the way the
2: camera was being filmed? Mm-hmm. Like, it it was... Well, I love the way this, it was done. This entire movie was filmed fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that I have one complaint about the way it was filmed at all. And I was really intrigued by the whole concept of the movie. And discussing it now with you guys, it's... It's such an interesting thing to see. You know, and we keep bringing it out, or I keep bringing it up, but... Seeing that transition from mm. Universal into these is like it's so crazy to me because these movies are are very much both of them cat people also but they're, they are transition movies that transition you into
1: My I can loosely
2: um. say it like modern horror um, because you still have that shitty period in the 50s but <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm gonna shit on the 50s for like the next, I'm bitter about the you know 50s what? I'm sorry guys I think that we have to do right a 1950s be, part uh, like, 2 like, where yeah. we,
3: find, we, we find films that
2: aren't sci-fi. aren't sci-fi yeah I think it'd be fine it's um, tough. but going back to what I was saying it's just, these two movies there's so much depth mm. to them and the way that they're filmed and seeing that the the horror aspects of them or the villains of them aren't necessarily what you thought were the villains or mm-hmm. thought were the bad. Um, you know, like like we said, in in cat people, it was um it was Alice and uh Ollie. Ollie. You know, and in and, and in this, you know, it's it's Wesley, it's the mom, it's it, it you just see these victims and it's not what you would think you know you're going into it and you're like oh it's a voodoo it's you know this is horrible thing and it's, it's caused all of this uh, all these horrible problems and it's like that's not really it it's the people who chose to use those things mm-hmm. and it's it, it's just an interesting concept and when you have two movies like we had that just have these fucking awesome concepts that you don't, you don't see movies like these anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything is, especially today... I think everything's just,
3: about the scare. It
2: is. It's about the scare, and it's about the remakes, and, and the it's blood, about the, guts. the blood, and the guts, and all that, and it's like, these movies are so fucking deep. I
3: feel like psycho, psychological horror is a dead genre. Like anything and it's a shame, because
2: nothing is scarier to me than that. Like, shit makes you think, and... You're you're at the end of the movie and you still you had an answer in front of your eyes, but you're still not sure if that's the real answer or not. That's real horror. Like when you're stuck in your own head on a movie for a week because you're like, "Dude, what the fuck happened?" Like that's scary shit. Mm -hmm. And
1: go ahead.
2: Okay, I was I'm just on a rant. I'm sorry. I just like I was so blown away by both of these movies and. It's really making me so excited for next week's episode, (laughs) because it's a movie that we've all been, like, holding off on watching. So, I'm so, so excited for next week. Well, it's interesting, too,
0: because the movies that we picked for next week... um, Next week, we're covering Freaks, which is a very similar theme, I think, to Cat People, uh, Mm -hmm. in which I had said, you know, the villain isn't necessarily what you would expect. Yeah. And we also have White Zombie, which... It covers, you know, voodoo zombies, but in a different way than yeah. the 40s do, so.
2: And it's just like, I just, these two movies were just so well done, and for the time period and everything, I mean, this is World War Two era, and I mean, people were, you know overseas and they're in this transition between World War 1 into World War 2 and you don't really feel like Hollywood was like big on anybody's radar and here you have these people making like fucking quality movies yeah. that were I mean they're just fucking solid movies yeah, i from the the way that they're filmed to the way that they're edited to the acting to the the dialogue i mean i don't have a single complaint with either of these movies honestly and this movie was just mind-blowing to me. I was... I really fell in love with this movie. It, it, this, this and Carnival of Souls have been the top movies next to Suspiria that I've covered in what, however many months I've been with Warhaven. Yeah. And um, I'm a huge... Uh, despite what Sarah thinks, I'm a big Freddy fan. Um, <laughs> So for me to like really <laughs> fall in a love but, to love these movies that they're so fucking different from that mm. and it's just like it's it's amazing it really is and I was so I was so happy with this these were really well, and, nice and, guys and, you did a bang up job with this decision
1: and and I think that I think that it, uh, you know what, what what's coming out is is um, something that I'm so, like I'm could not be more delighted like to hear you guys your guys' take on a lot of this, because this type of filmmaking, like I said, one really big thing that continues to always come up is the fact that, like, okay, so this was pre-CGI, pre-gigantic bloody effects. So you had to focus on making an interesting story, and one of the ways that you engage and entertain people is to make them connect with the characters. And so it's like, where does horror live? Horror comes from the heart. Like, that's that's one thing that I've said for years. And so it's like, if you can make people feel... You can scare them however you want.
2: Exactly. You know, exactly. and and so you it's get like that's heads. that's
1: an excellent way of putting that, it, though. It really and is that's, and that, the psychological and that's been, aspect
2: behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really right. it's it. Like,
1: and that's that's been my take on horror for years. That's how I create horror. That's that's where I live. And so it's like I can see a, a great looking horror movie, but I felt nothing. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. if I feel not, if I feel nothing, you weren't then successful. It, Right. Well, and I guess I'm not arrogant enough to think that my take on what a great horror movie is is a universal take on what a great horror movie is. Yeah. I can still appreciate a good horror movie and why people like something, but it just for me as a as so like I it's can rate a movie, right, as a, as what I'm a fan of. You know what I mean? So like I I can have people like um, with the. Um, Oh gosh, uh, uh, we, uh, the the ones that got really big with the, the Ed and Lorraine Warren, the um, the Conjuring, the Conjuring, the they, they they looked great, they looked fantastic, but I felt nothing.
3: Mm-hmm. And and
1: so like, it, like I, I felt nothing watching it. So it looked great. I don't have any real gripes about how it was made. It's just like they what there's a the characters are there to scream and run around.
3: You know what mm-hmm. these movie companies really need to start doing is like you're not getting you're not getting blood guts and gore or CGI until after the story. And, like film the important aspects, make this movie great, and then we'll add in like the the sprinkles on top, you know? Because it, right. I, I think, to modern movies, it's like you knew that the that the slasher era—that's what it was—it was blood. But these movies now aren't even slasher movies, and it's like gore fest so it's like doesn't make sense you know yeah but it's what?
2: like yeah. right now like the the era that we're in we're in the remake era well other <laughs> than remakes if it's not remakes it's it's them trying and i'm going to say that very bluntly trying to make these boogeyman monsters
1: basically <laughs> i mean it's like it's
3: reverting almost back yeah to they're where, like where, where it started
1: they well, and- well, and horror. Well, and here's the thing: you're not going to get back to this character-driven horror, the, unless, unless, because the only thing that movie companies are going to understand is their wallet. So, oh, like, yeah. the only the only way that they're going to go back to this is if people stop going to see spectacular CGI fests and clamber to see more character-driven stuff. So it's like, if if this is the horror that we want as a community, and every podcast I listen to kind of centers around this same idea. That we're all a lot of us are burnt out on CGI fest, and we want to see more connection to character and story and emotion, like the way that they're going to listen is if you stop going, Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and 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 so it's like, why is there a billion Saw movies? Because everybody goes to see them, and then they all shit on. Them.
0: Um, <laughs> what what I had said before, how I'd I'd love to see this movie remade, but you know, to stay true to the original. At the same time, I know that it's not going to happen it's not because nobody's going to go see this movie. And I know that Stick any company
3: indie any
0: company that's going to remake this movie is going to make it something where it's going to appeal to teenagers. It's going to be They're a gonna... PG-13 movie that they can get these teenagers into. They can sell their tickets. They can get some jump scares. And this everybody will go on be. about how it's the scary unless movie. It's
1: made by, unless it's made by an indie guy. Exactly. Yeah.
3: If, if a big company takes this, it's going to be a summer vacation. Teenage, or spring break. <laughs> Teenagers are going to this yeah, nice absolutely. tropical island. Yep. There's going to be at least. There's going to be a whole opening scene where six people die right in the beginning of the movie.
1: Yep, and then, and uh, then it's going to you know, be like a gore
3: fest for some reason with voodoo. Do you? But
1: I want right. to see. Yeah,
3: I want. We have. It's going to be like what is that? What is it? that? House of what, House, House of the, of the Dead. dead. <laughs> it's going to be House of the Dead.
0: Like, <laughs> don't you put that on me, sir. We don't you put have that in all
2: analogy. That I want to see a fucking modern horror movie that's just practical effects.
3: Let's fucking do it.
2: Just... Pra- like, I don't want to see any CGI bullshit. I want I'll give you to see one, right an entire horror movie done with practical effects. What's and one? it's possible. It's fucking doable and believably I'll, doable. Well,
1: one, one thing, thing that, I'll that I... You, I'll give you one right off the top of my head. A big horror movie that made a big splash a couple years ago. It's all practical effects aside from the very final scene is uh, The Witch.
2: Yep. The Witch?
1: The V-Witch. See, yes, the I, witch. Haven't,
2: I haven't seen that, and I've been dying to see it. Everybody oh was God. like, oh, garbage." Um,
3: I heard that uh, it was very slow moving. Well, they have, I, I really well, want to
0: so, check out So Aurora.
2: are these movies,
0: you know. I really want to check it, out Aurora. Um,
3: oh my God, I'm dying to check out <laughs> Aurora. Didn't it come out today?
0: The, yeah, the screen is tonight for it
3: can I shout that we I'm shouting that out in the at the end yeah uh, that guy's my homeboy I love him
0: John I don't know if you listened to the artist spotlight that we did with uh
3: Thomas nagovin
0: yeah but he made this practical effects movie that was him. a throwback to it, it's a black and white movie and it's a throwback to like both 50 sci-fi and you know universal the monster, era. monster yeah. movies yeah. and
1: it, I, I, I listened to about half of that and i I, I listened about half I can't remember why I, why I had um why I couldn't finish it. I don't... But I, it's it's in my queue. It's still there. That yeah,
0: I, But check out... um, Check that out. Like, go and check out the, the trailer for it and everything. I could listen to
3: Thomas Nagovan talk for <laughs> hours. He has such a sweet, soft voice. And he's, like, such a just genuinely Generally really nice sweet person, yeah. guy. Yeah,
0: but go check out the trailer uh, once we get off here because it, it is... It, is such a throwback to movies like I this. I forgot
3: about
1: that. Yeah. Now I want to go watch that. Thanks, guys.
3: <laughs> we can't go watch it yet. It just premiered today. All right, we're getting way off topic, <laughs> though. So
1: let's get back to. All right. So, 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 so. It, well, like Dylan was saying, in the interest of time, not not to cut anything off, but that. Okay. So Dylan was talking about that scene in the sugar fields, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that that moving camera actually is the carapore that you're seeing, because when that scene starts out, it has a really quick clip of his silhouette just standing mm-hmm. there at the crossroads before they're even there. Mm-hmm. So it gives you the effect that he's watching everything that happens in the sugarcane field. Mm-hmm. So, and, and by the way, like, I don't care when you show this movie, like, who even sees it. There's a couple things in these movies that'll always ring true. That care for is fucking creepy. Oh, yeah. Like, I yeah, got scary. As, as soon as, and as, the as, soon who, as that um,
3: scene happened and, and it, like, you saw him, I was like, holy
1: fuck. Yeah, and the yeah, guy he, who
0: played him right. was Darby Jones. He did another movie where he played a zombie in... Uh, a perfect choice and uh, even at the end where he's, he's so coming tall. when he's coming towards wesley and wesley's like backing into the water and you just see him like walking towards him
3: he's it's just, so fucking he, he crazy. never does anything that's threatening either but it's just like his pre- presence is very terrifying
1: mm-hmm. well not only that he's always backed up by um the voodoo drums and the voodoo drums are very close in proximity to native american drums and they're sick like Every time we hear Native American drums in popular cinema, it's one of the things that's always bothered me. Native American drums do not sound just like they're stereotypically put on in movies. They sound like these voodoo drums. They're very rhythmic, so bum 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 bum, yeah. bum. They're very primal, and so like every time he's walking around, it's these primal fucking drums. It's like bum that's bum. That's what bum,
3: happened bum, to bum, me bum, bum. when I stumbled upon those Wiccans in the woods naked dancing. <laughs> 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 do you remember that story? Me and Amber were at the quarries. I got to tell it quick, because now I'm... uh, Me and Amber were at the quarries, and we were, like, 15, right? And it was a full... It was, was, like... It was probably Beltane. It, It wasn't Beltane. It wasn't during Beltane. It was during the fall, but it was those people that do Beltane. But the sun was setting and it was like the full moon was coming out. Like it was the night of full moon and every full moon these people came out. But they would go, they're like pagans or wiccans or something, I don't know. And we heard this like fucking crazy drumming and we're like, what the fuck is that? So of course the we did everything you're not supposed to do in a horror movie and we followed the <laughs> sound And we went and they like had like all, they were all fucking buck naked, like totally no clothes. Dancing around like a fire and they had like a guy. Didn't
0: they have a guy blindfolded tied to a tree? He wasn't
3: blindfolded but he was tied to it tree and they were like dancing around him and I was like "Ah, I'm gonna leave in case they kill him (laughs) (laughs) I'm out of (laughs) here
1: well like um, uh, the um, all those drum beats sound really primal like that and the reason why it always evokes an animalistic response Mm -hmm. in one way or another so fight, flight, fear, dread the very primal human emotions that we dwell in inside a horror because those drum beats are supposed to resemble a human heart. Yeah. So, like, it, it, so like instead of, like, instead of ba 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 it's bum-ba-bum-ba-bum-ba-bum. They're always really deep, mm-hmm. you know, because if you listen to a human heart, I can't remember what the actual tonality is. The human heart, I think, it, it's a couple octaves below middle C, but, like, but, yeah, it's really deep and low, so you're supposed to feel very human, very strikingly primal during, you know, to have a intimate deeper connection between spirit and soul and body and everything else and so like I love seeing that you know that every time you see the care walking around or every time you're even have the presence of voodoo in the movie Mm -hmm. you know it's always this very primal heartbeat that it was just like man fucking go you guys for being appropriate you know Mm
3: -hmm.
1: so like it's one of the things I geek out over so hardcore for soundtracks and stuff too is like if you're doing a period piece I don't want to hear if you're doing a period piece, I don't want to hear a I modern day West. grand piano. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Great well, Gatsby didn't get that memo. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, I mean, and, and not to uh, and, and not to belabor the witch, but like when he, when Robert Eggers did uh, the soundtrack for the Witch, he did everything period appropriate. So the soundtrack was made with like a hurdy gurdy. And like and like sixteenth cent or seventeenth uh, century instruments stuff that they would have had at the time. So I mean I'm a huge fan of that guy anyway. Robert, basic an nerd, there. I love
0: it. It goes back to He's- to um what you had said though is that they had really done a lot of research and put a lot into care into a lot of care into making this very accurate and you know a respectful real portrayal. It wasn't just right, Ooh, exactly. scary voodoo people, you know. It, no weird they, people. You have it. weird Caribbean people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they did put a lot of uh, research into it, and they didn't just make it this like something that it wasn't in order to scare people.
1: Well, so, right. I mean, in the in the Carrefour, even in uh, the voodoo mythology, he's almost seen it. It's almost a, a Milton portrayal. Like if you read Paradise Lost, Milton's portrayal <laughs> of the, of the devil after the fall is almost is nearly sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Be, like to, to the pain and the plight of of, um, of, of Satan and the devil, the Carefor has almost the same uh, mythos attached to him because when he's actually following West out into the water, you almost get the idea that like he's not pushing them in; he's like trying to stop them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I kind of saw it. Like he's got his arms outstretched, almost saying like Give her to me and let's put her to rest," mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, the, and not only that, they take the bodies afterwards and they bring them back to the the manor and it was like to bring the bodies back to the manor and I saw it as like putting them to rest appropriately kind of thing so like the whole time what you know was it was it a nefarious because like when they learn that Jessica's a zombie they stab her with the with the uh, the, the, the sword and she doesn't bleed and it's a zombie zombie mm-hmm. it's all it's not like they're trying to call her back to do their evil bidding I like I took it as like they're trying to put her to rest Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. and they're
1: like let us have the zombie so we can help you guys out you know, yeah. like that was the vibe I got from it. And the care for with his arms outstretched, he doesn't put his hands down until West goes under the water. Mm-hmm. So it's like he was almost there, like almost trying to help him, you know, <laughs> I mean, I was just I mean, that's one take on it. I'm not saying that I'm correct by any means, but that was nearly the that is the vibe I got, you know.
0: An interesting thing that we didn't touch on either, and Siri, I know you brought it up when we watched the movie, was um, the fact that the movie is it's narrated by Betsy. It's her mm-hmm. telling the story mm-hmm. of what happened.
3: I love the beginning line too. Is that I had never even heard, I, I, up until this point I had never heard of a zombie. I wasn't sure if I even knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Like she, that that's one of the opening lines in the film, and it's it's. I think it was like a really interesting way to start it without giving out away too much. You know, yeah. know what I mean.
0: But I I I do want to kind of wrap it up. Um, I
3: get into ratings.
1: Yeah, let's get into ratings. <laughs> John, what you got? All right, I'm I'm gonna come in really high with this one. I, I'm gonna give this I'm gonna give this one a nine eight, and Ooh. only the smid, only the smidge off the top, only because I'm a sucker for any devil character, and like what he did was fantastic. I'm not knocking it in any way, shape, or form. But like when he shows up at the house I was like, "Oh, now we're talking." You know? <laughs> like I mean, right when he right when he leans in, Mrs. Rand is like, "Off with you." And it's like, "God damn it." And it's like, <laughs> it's like it, and now it, so that's probably unfair to the movie because it told a better story because it allowed exposition from from uh the mother, but but uh, uh like he's drawn up as this huge character and I I don't know, maybe I'm just being kind of Kind of uh, selfish with wanting to see the Careful. The movie wasn't called the Careful. While I mean, you know, so he was just more a secondary character. But even still, um, I'm going to come in with a 9.8 on this. It's it's striking. It's visual. It's emotional. It's it's everything you could want in an entertaining story. You know, I don't know that anybody sitting down to watch a story would be disappointed in this. I don't see I don't anything. So. I don't think anything is dated or cheesy. I don't. I don't think anything looks. Strange or off-putting, you know, like like uh, the original the thing, like the thing from Another World, you mm-hmm. know, because the thing Carpenter's remake was actually Carpenter's The Thing was actually a remake. Yeah, The Thing from Another World in the '58 when they did it, like that was the whole thing. Is like it's dubbed now The Walking Carrot, you know, the <laughs> the, the, the alien from that movie. You know, mm-hmm. that looks cheesy and dated and weird. Nothing in this movie to me what looks cheesy or dated or or yeah, I mean, nothing looks che- cheesy or dated or weird or strange. Everything looks exactly like it should be, and I'm there. The acting in it, I liked a lot. I thought it was all really believable. I I believe that Wes was a bitter alcoholic. I believe that that Paul was lost in the aftermath. I believe that Betsy wanted to help. I you know everything was very sincere, very well done. I and I can't. I went over it again, trying to find maybe a loophole in the story or something strange, but they even covered up the uh, the Jessica coma thing, mm-hmm. like where the doctor says like, she never fell into coma, gave no signs of being dead, yada, yada, yada. And afterwards, Wesley and um, Paul had that conversation. It's like, well, you think that he's overlooking it because he didn't see Jessica's coma? You know, so they even covered that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like, everything was very neat, very, very nicely tied up. And the reason why I'm a little bit higher on this, just a little bit than cat people was this one had a very satisfying ending. To it. Yeah. I, I, I loved the ending on this. My biggest gripe with cat people was just the one like no, oh, she never lied to us movie's over you know, <laughs> like, like that that was kind of my, my gripe about that one but this one was very satisfying in all aspects and to tell that complete of a story what's the runtime on this like 69 minutes
0: yeah it was just over an hour or so
1: yeah and, and it's like talk about being efficient in your storytelling and very clean and concise mm-hmm. you know I, I thought it, I thought it was perfect that oh, was beautiful you know, I absolutely loved it alright Erica what you got
2: Okay, so I kind of gave my whole spiel earlier on. (laughs) Um, I love this movie. I thought it was awesome. I know I've been handing these out like candies lately, (laughs) um, but I'm going to give it a 10. I just, it it was so well done. I mean, I don't think that there's anything that wasn't pleasing about this movie. And I think that, um, like you had just said, that 69 minutes, it was right to the point mm-hmm. it wasn't well, I think it too
0: fast though. it didn't give it enough time to be drawn out
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's what it, I think that but even then
2: though like it's not even that it wasn't like you know how like sometimes too like movies they're like slow builds and then like the last 10 minutes everything fucking happens yeah. and you're like dude what was that about like it wasn't even like that like it was just very well paced beginning mm-hmm. to end like everything just flowed well it was very cohesive and it was just it was awesome it's such a phenomenal movie um I'm sure we'll get back into shitty movies eventually guys and I'll stop giving out 10s but uh for the meantime 10 It's a 10.
1: Sierra. Well, don't don't feel bad because both of these movies are are preserved in in the uh in the Congressional Hall of uh, the the Congressional Registry for culturally significant and relevant movies. The basically the Congressional Hall of Fame basically. Mhm. So, like, both of these movies, Cat People and I Walked With a Walk to the Zombie, are both preserved in the halls of Congress. So, I wouldn't, you know, nobody should feel bad for giving this thing, for giving either of these movies fantastic high score fantastic scores, you know.
3: Um, I really enjoyed this movie, and I feel like it was a little bit quieter, but I think it was, like, um, trying to make sure that everybody got <laughs> their words in, you know. Um, I, I can't get over the filming techniques that were used in, in just this just this era alone. Uh, oh, they, they focus so much on the artistry of everything, and, and I feel like it, it's sad to watch modern movies and to see uh, how I feel like a lot of filmmakers aren't focusing on the way it looks and the way it turns out. Um, I think that the storyline is not one that would generally interest me, like with a like, tropical island voodoo, not my usual thing. But it was done so well and so beautifully that who couldn't love this movie? It, it's 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 sincerely a great horror film, um, and I would definitely say I'm gonna agree, and give it a 9.8. Okay. D Jar Jarvis, <laughs> Big D. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yes! That was from Larry.
0: <laughs> no. Um I honestly like you said John, there's nothing that I could pick out about this movie that I could say like th- there was a loophole here or this was done poorly. Like this movie had my attention from beginning to end. Um the whole Sugarfield scene is probably now one of my top five, like in my top five favorite scenes of all time. Like it was oh, yeah. so well Absolutely. done. It was creepy, the atmosphere, like the way it was filmed, everything was so fucking great in this movie. Um I love that the characters were all so personable and they had they all had these personalities. And they were each yeah. characterized so well. And to wrap up Everything up that they did in just over an hour and have this complete, like, story with so much depth. Like, it, it very fucking well done. Um, I'm with Erica on this one. I'm giving it a 10.
3: Boom! Let's see what our average poor haven rating is. A 9.9. 9. Whoa.
0: Whoa. Let's give it a clap. We yeah. so which close. rounds up to
3: 10. <laughs> which does it round up to 10. 9.9. 9. Okay,
0: 9.9. 9. <laughs>
3: Don't keeping it at a 9.9. <coughs> nine. <coughs> Ew, you just did like the Ethan choke
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you this, because it was the same production company and the same guy that had uh, produced both. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I would have to do more reading into it, and I don't want to shove my foot in my mouth by saying anything definitive. But I would guess that it was along the same lines of like something that Val Luton had been contracted on to make for low budget. You know, mm-hmm. the same thing with cat people. I don't know because as I'm looking here, I don't see anything for budget, which is strange. I don't see anything for budget at all, to be honest with you. But um, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if this had a was one of those yeah. like they brought him in to make a good movie for no money, which is always where the best goddamn movies come from. Exactly, <laughs> I agree. You know,
3: no, it, so.
0: it, it was really fucking well done, and I. Since we... You good?
3: Yeah, the thing's just been oh. on my
0: ear. Um, Sierra, I think you had said last... I don't know if it was last week or in the 60s, but I would love to make this, like, an annual thing where we do decades. Yeah, because I,
3: I think I, I think it was the... Fifth.
0: Yeah, because 50s. like the fifties, we did focus on sci-fi. I, I think it was fifties because
3: I I was saying that I want to find movies that are a totally different genre from yeah. the same. Era. And
0: and for this, I would love to look at movies that. I mean, I didn't know when we picked them that they were made by the same people, but to see movie other movies from the
1: we want to become pros. Well, <laughs> well, 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 keep me in the loop on this because because my uh, my tattoo guy Roy, he has just a ridiculous amount of his horror collection is ridiculous. He doesn't even know everything he has. <laughs> and so like, so like, you know, when I told him that I was going to be doing more work with you guys, he's like, well, let me know what you're doing. Cause odds are I'll have whatever you need. He's and basically so like, blockbuster net. Like- <laughs> yeah. Basically he's like, he's like, he's like, I've got totes stacked up in my garage that I haven't opened in years. And he's like, that's not even what's in my house. So, <laughs> so he's got Japanese stuff. He's got Korean stuff. He's got all kinds of ridiculous stuff. So like, so like i'm he's letting me stuff that i've watched and i'm like what the fuck is going on like <laughs> like just weird shit so and it, if it's one of those deals where like you know if if it's a hard movie to find or whatever or if you're going for something really niche let me know i'll talk to him and if he's got it maybe we can just mail it back and forth or something oh you know? hell yeah. yeah that'd be awesome so
0: but um uh, all right john where can people find you
1: all right. I am on the Instagrams. That's where I do most of uh, my reach out under Skeleton Rose Media. My books are all available through Amazon. Uh, if you type in my name and the title of the book, you'll find me. It won't be hard to miss me. I have a two-foot red beard. <laughs> um, it's pretty simple Pretty simple to very find nice me. a nice beard, um, friends. Well, <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate that. The, uh, the uh, so Skeleton Rose Media on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook under Skeleton Rose Media. The website is now available under Skeleton Rose Media There's merchandise. Finally, we got some T-shirts up and Sweet. it's a one stop shop for books, the music, everything that I do. We've got a whole bunch of really cool stuff coming up. We're actually, I'm working with Roy and a bunch of the other artists I have on a horror comic that we're going to debut at, uh, at uh, HorrorCon this year we're working on some new books so a whole slew of stuff i also do i also write melodic death metal under skeleton rose and all of my stuff is available anywhere you download your digital music for free or for purchase including itunes spotify amazon mp3 google music rhapsody rumblefish anywhere you get wow, your you music really you'll had that, me prepared.
3: <laughs> that was impressive
1: when you throw it out when you throw it out uh, fairly often it kind of becomes uh Normally. You know, you get you, yeah. You, you get you get pretty well versed with it. So John, come I'm on, i say this.
0: media. I'm gonna say this, John. I'm a comic guy, so you let out a comic. You hit me up.
3: Yeah, he so hired <laughs> a no horror, horror haven. One. He ran Comic Haven.
1: Fuck <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah, man! No, um, which was much cool bigger deal. than
3: Horror Haven is today. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well,
1: um, um. Roy had actually come to me with the idea he's really big into horror comics and Mm -hmm. so he had talked to me because he we're gonna do some work on the Big Red Devil re-release which is coming out this year for anybody that's actually listening or if this is gonna make the podcast I don't know my first book is called The Big Red Devil if you're interested in that book don't read what's out right now I'm re-releasing it it's (laughs) gonna be so much better it's gonna be so much better and so like I have this stable of artists and um, illustrators that I work with now that uh, they had you know, everybody come to me, want to do a horror comic. And so Roy's more well-versed in it than I am. And I was like, I can write any story, but I can't draw. So Roy was like, well, I like anthologies. So like, you know, do two to three stories per comic. And he works at this tattoo it has got this fancy schmancy color printer where we can print them off for nothing. Oh, Oh, And so, um, and, and so they're going to do all the artwork for it. We've already storyboarded a couple of different really cool ideas um, and so, yeah, no, that's that's going to happen. That's going to be coming out. So.
0: Okay. Keep me posted, cause I would love a copy.
1: Fuck yeah, man! Let me know. You get one for free. <laughs> oh shit! All right, so no, you sign it. it. And, and, <laughs> anybody that anybody that knows me or supports anything that I do should never have to pay to experience anything I create. So
3: you're a nice guy.
1: <clears throat> well, I you know I I don't know I just I do what I can you know <laughs> well, do what I can to uh, get back to what I love. <laughs>
0: Um, anybody who's listening, if you would want, like to follow us, we have an Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven HorrorHavenPodcast, on Twitter at Horror underscore Haven. Um, next week, we're going to be covering Freaks and White Zombie. White Zombie. the blank right, for a second. Yeah. We're going to be continuing our decades in horror with the 1930s. And, John, you're coming back for that one. So. We'll you- have two yeah. weeks
3: of John. Woo!
1: Hell yeah, right. January. Everybody feels that way. January, afterwards. there you go. It's January. And before
3: yeah. before we say goodnight, I do want to give a huge shout out to a person that we had an artist spotlight with a few months ago, Thomas Ngovin. He created a movie called Aurora that's a th- uh, which actually really fits in with her month. It's a throwback to like 1950s sci-fi, 1940s, 30s, you know, monster films stuff like that. Um, his movie premiered tonight, uh, which is the 13th. The 13th yeah. <laughs> we're super proud of him, and we're so excited to see Aurora. Congratulations, Thomas Nagovin! Thank you so much for being on our Fuck episodes, you and you're awesome, dude. Good job. Hell yeah. Good, <laughs> Good night.
1: Good night. <laughs> Good night. Bye.
3: Wes, it Wes, it's time we started home.
2: The wife and the brother they want to go But the Holland man he tell them no The wife fall down and the evil came And it
1: burned her mind in the fever flame Wes! Oh, Wes, we must get back to Fort Holland plea,
2: Shame and sorrow for the family Her eyes are empty and she cannot talk And the nurse has come to make her walk The brothers are lonely and the nurse is young, and now you must see that my song is sung. A woe, a me, shame and sorrow for the family. A woe, a me, shame and sorrow for the family.